Hi, and welcome to Safe Space. I am your host, the Artistic Psychologist. In this episode, we'll be discussing grief and grieving. This may be a triggering topic for some, and if this is the case, remember that it's perfectly fine to press the stop button. A gentle reminder to be mindful when sharing this episode with your loved ones. If you feel it may be triggering to them in any way, ask their permission first and give them a heads up on what the episode is about. Helpful resources will be linked in the bio of each episode in the series. Feel free to check them out and get the help you need. Today I have Michelle on the show. Um, welcome. <laughs> How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Anxious. Anxious? Yeah. Okay then, why? One, it, it feels like we're just the both of us. But I can see that we're not just the both of us, so that's the first thing. <laughs> Secondly, grief, I think I haven't spoken about um, publicly with people who don't intimately know the details of everything that I've been going through for a long while now. Yeah, um, so that's a little nerve-wracking. Okay, that makes sense. Well, thank you for doing this with me. Um, I'm, I'm truly grateful, truly, truly grateful. And I know discussing grief and your journey through grieving is not an easy thing to do and i'm just grateful that you agreed to do this with me today so thank you i'll try to make it as comfortable as possible yeah okay then so you lost two important people in your life in the recent past yeah two people that i believe it would be fair to say were important foundations in your life how then has it been for you not having these foundational people present in your day-to-day life um, I mean, on one hand, I feel like I am a little of an adult, a young adult, <laughs> as we had spoken about before we started recording. So I feel like I've had a good time, like a good amount of my life that I've spent with them. So on one hand, it feels like, oh yeah, I had a really um, long time to be in community with these people who taught me a lot of things and who I got to experience in so many ways that I am glad that I got to experience so in that way it feels like I've had a lot of time and I'm grateful for the time that I had on the other hand I didn't expect that the time would end so quickly Mm. and so in terms of my day-to-day life the things that felt automated of having them in my life or felt you know just routine felt like those were usual things that I would do like sending a message or routines that we had together with these people that I lost those are the things that I think have been more I guess, jarring or violent in the now in dealing with the day-to-day of grief. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you've mentioned that you've had them for a significant amount of time in your life. Do you feel, but then at the same time, it's it feels like it's really quick the way they've gone, yeah? Do you feel like just that fact, does it make it easier for you to accept what has happened or does it make you maybe more angry about it? You wish you had more time. I don't think, I mean, yeah, I know the stages of grief talk about anger and that kind of thing. (laughs) But I don't think I can say that I felt angry yet. Mm. I mean, I feel like I have been very aware of my mortality and just the general mortality of everyone around me and my experience as a human being, being very, you know, finite. And so that experience of knowing that this is going to end whether I like it at a time that I don't know, maybe now, maybe tomorrow, (laughs) maybe after this episode has always felt very um, real to me. So I don't think I've been angry or shocked in that way. I think I've just been, um, I've been surprised by how much 
it's not talked about how much how much i hadn't had about this experience mm. but i thought that i thought i could have been prepared for if i had had this like had this platform to have had about what people experience when people die because people do die people yeah. die all the time but yeah. i just didn't think that i was prepared in the ways that i am seeing black people on the continent women talking about their experience of having people die who are very close to their them and who are very foundational so i feel like on one hand yes i was prepared for people to die but i wasn't prepared to live after they die mm. yeah okay i think actually you're right about that for the longest time i thought africans are really good at talking about grief but i think i've realized um we're really good in the moment when the person has died like maybe organizing the funeral mm. mourning in the moment but then after that we really don't talk about it it's just you know a hush hush thing maybe till the memorial happens or when one year down the line we're like oh okay that happened a year ago but i don't think we really create enough space for people to talk about like um how how it feels or you know what people go through in their in their day to day life so yeah i definitely agree with that um so how would you describe your journey through grieving what has been especially difficult for you is there anything that's been easy um maybe i'll but you drop in time periods so i think immediately after the two deaths were that i've experienced were vastly different so one was where there was a terminal illness for a long period of time and so there was anticipatory grief there was a lot of time where you know that this is going to come this is going to happen we are at this point of it and so even if i can't say that you'll be dead in this amount of time i know that an end is near and the end is something that we are actively talking about with this person who's about to die so on one hand for that i felt like i'd been grieving for a very long time and so even after they died it felt like a continuation of grief that had already started so for that i found it um a little easier in terms of or this is something that i haven't yet been quite been able to name as for example anticipatory grief and to know that oh this person is actually going to die and we've spoken around oh yeah you might die tomorrow i might see you you know there's a very tangible conversation around you not being present in a couple of days or a couple of years or a couple of months so on that kind on that spectrum of the end of grief i think the easier part was that having had a lot of time to think about what do you think about this what do you feel about this are you ready to let go are you ready to you know what are you thinking around it and having that very active conversation through your i mean visible actual dying versus you know the rest of us who don't actually know that we are dying even when we might be dying right yeah. so having had that experience i think that was a little easier to deal with at first um i think what i didn't anticipate after having the anticipatory grief and then actually dying was now you're dead meaning like you're not here tangibly and physically mm-hmm. we can no longer talk about this because we have talked about it and now it's happened so i think immediately after that was the most shocking thing like oh your cup of tea doesn't quite exist anymore this and this experience that we had doesn't quite so immediately the one thing was like oh it's just have because we have spoken about this thing doesn't mean that your physical presence will be will the absence of your physical body will mm-hmm. be anything easier or it will be anything lighter so i think that was the first most difficult thing like seriously even if we talked about all of this even if we were preparing for this it doesn't matter because once you're not here you're really not here and i can't actually now talk to you about how we had been talking about all of this and the preparation for this so i think what was immediately difficult was that like 
it's different when even if we've spoken about it it's still different it will still feel like this big thing is missing because the grief before you die and when you actually die and like i said earlier that you leave me here to be alive after your death i still couldn't quite understand and also i think around the time of my first loss which is somewhere i had anticipatory grief was i couldn't believe that everything goes on yeah like i had school i had exams like i had to go to class after visiting from the hospital like i was just like what do you mean are you guys here with me like <laughs> like are you aware of what's going on can you how can your lives just be going on how can the sun be setting the audacity how can how can you guys just be living your lives as if this grand thing didn't happen and this big thing didn't happen in my life which is our life because we're all experiencing this so how can you know that this grand thing happened and you need to pause and give me a minute to deal with it so i think that was the biggest thing especially the first with the, my first um, experience of loss and with the next experience of loss it was quicker it was a lot quicker because it was just like we are here we are talking and i'm the one who has the gut feeling that something is going to go wrong and then the something does go wrong and it's over so it's just like oh okay i had a gut feeling and i couldn't say anything about it obviously because i'm not going to tell you about today or i think that you're about today because what am i saying mm-hmm. you know the ancestors might be speaking to me but they're <laughs> speaking to me not to the both of us <laughs> and so in the, that second experience was more like oh yeah we are really mortal like i had said again it went back to the whole thing of theoretically i have all these ideas of what i know to be true but then when it actually happens it's just like oh yeah you can just die like right now and that's that, that's it and so my first immediate thing was back to the audacity of life to go on mm-hmm. what do you mean that you will die now and in the next moment we'll be having a conversation about something that seems ridiculous like what i'm going to eat who cares what i'm going to eat <laughs> or like what am i going to wear to the funeral or all you know they're saying that africans have all these traditions i'm just saying who cares about those traditions mm. are any of you yeah are we together like are any of you clear about what it is that is being experienced in this moment and so i think the most difficult thing has been that that things that time will move time here being used very loosely because what is linear time what is all of that but <laughs> like how can the days go on how can these all these experiences go on how can there be an expectation that there that there is continuity what yeah. is continuity of my life after these big things have been stripped off my daily experience and especially outside and everyone was just like you know after the funeral and after everyone goes home that's when it hurts but i'm just like everyone is here and it still hurts because they'll come and visit me and go home so it doesn't matter whether there's a time after when everyone goes because everyone is still going about something that is incredibly annoying me <laughs> in this particular moment so i have found that the most difficult thing has been that and in fact one of the grief pages i follow on instagram describes the name of the page is refuge in grief and they describe the experience of grieving like you all walk into a movie theater and we sit down and we start watching the movie and it's accept- it was um it was it was popularized as a comedy so we are all sitting there watching the movie and all of a sudden my the movie that i'm watching is a horror movie and everyone is still laughing everyone is still enjoying this movie and i'm just like can anyone see that it's actually become a horror movie can anyone see that this is not actually a comedy and i found that um analogy of what my experience has been like to be so apt because it's just like no one none of you can actually see that this one experience that i'm having is such a 
such a jarring experience waking up having to go on to the next day is just like are you guys serious is this truly happening to me so that's been the most difficult thing i found that the easy things are when i have the space to talk about the things that were fun so like if i remember oh i really like buying oranges at this place and we'd eat those oranges every so often or we'd eat cookies and i'm say i'm with you i'm hanging out with you and i see the oranges and i remember this really funny story or this really good thing that we did the last time we picked oranges so that's been the really easy part like or when i think about something and i have the space to share it and it's just like oh my gosh they're talking about the person who died and so we need to like tiptoe or be like on you know just be like on edge because oh my god what if she breaks down oh my god what if she but you're just you just allow me to just reminisce and think about oh this funny thing happened or oh, oh one year ago we were dancing <laughs> sillyly and google photos reminded me and i get to talk about that for as long as i want so the easy thing has been when i have the space to talk about all the fun things that i remember when i remember them mm-hmm. but also on the other hand when i have the space to talk about oh this really big thing happened to me so like i got my first job or i graduated from university and it was awful because this is the worst thing that could ever happen because again it's a it's a marker of time it's a marker and everyone is really excited at the same congratulations but i don't want to hear your congratulations i i'm not interested in your congratulations in this particular moment because this great thing is a really awful thing because it's a thing that marks again once again that time has passed and that this person is no longer here even if i mean my therapist who i talked to grief about explained that that the way you think about this being an awful thing with their absence it could also be that this is a thing that they wanted for you so i'm working on getting to the place where it's just like oh it's a thing that they wanted to me so for me so yeah great but at this point in time it's just like it's a thing they wanted for me it's just a thing we're supposed to experience together so i'm not interested in it being a good thing yeah that they want and that's fine i think it's perfectly fine to be in that space um it's very interesting because I think consistently almost everybody I've talked to has mentioned that they just could not believe life was going on. They're like, what do you mean? What do you mean tomorrow I have to wake up and then I don't know, do this and do that and then go back to school. I think grief is so, it's such a consuming thing that we just assume everybody must see it and feel it. Like it's like, are you people not feeling what I'm feeling? Are you not seeing what's what's going on in my life? And you expect that the world will stop even for a moment, just be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is. But okay, that was a very interesting <laughs> response. Okay, so we're in the middle, I don't know, end whatever of a pandemic. We're in a pandemic, right? Um, has this affected your grieving in any way, positive or negative? Um, I mean, the pandemic generally, I think, has brought upon its own kind of grief. Like, yeah. where we feel collective grief, even mm. if it's not necessarily, you know, it's not mine. I can't say that I have had, like, you know, I can't say that this grief particularly is mine. But yeah. generally, the mass death and between the uprisings and everything that's been going on, I feel like there has been a sense of, collective loss collective grief some some awakening of the viva in all of us (laughs) and the time you know for being fed up with capitalism and white supremacy and all of the kind of things that you can be fed up with so i think the merging of collective grief exhaustion political uprising all of those things have been very exhausting things and also um that together with now like last year was supposed to be like for me there were a lot of changes that were going to happen and i had thoughts and ideas about what these changes would mean for my life and then now the pandemic coming and just being like um 
take a breather and that also being like now you also grieving i had hopes i had yeah. plans and yeah. now those things are suspended and that's not to say oh yeah i'm not aware of how things can change but the pandemic particularly made it difficult for anything that you thought anything that you could have imagined it i don't think it it was it can quite be quantified as the pandemic so mm. i think that all of those things happening concurrently have definitely made it more complicated and more exhausting to be grieving in this particular time because of the context of all the i don't call it noise because it's very it's not noise it's very necessary yeah. <laughs> necessary to be hearing necessary to be experiencing especially i guess feeling like a young adult existential dread <laughs> feeling like you're forming your own ideas of the world or you know sitting more um confidently and personally without i guess familial um influence in to your own person and what that means for yourself so i have found that the pandemic particularly has made it more exhausting and made it feel like a lot heavier to be dealing with all of these things at the same time mm-hmm. it feels like i should be dealing with them at the same time even if i don't have to and i don't need to or maybe even i don't want to So definitely grieving in the pandemic has been wild but in terms of now maybe specifically having a support system during the pandemic I think generally since the pandemic began I had already been very particular about how I go about who I get to see how I get to see them and all of that kind of thing and so I mean outside of rights of the funeral rights and all of those kind of things where you know we didn't really have much control over who gets to come who doesn't get to come that kind of thing but support i think has been there in as much as it can and i think i'm also grateful for the pandemic because i also like time to figure things out mm-hmm. and process them on my own which is something that african <laughs> african don't know how to do don't quite <laughs> know how to do yeah and so i'm happy to have had um a buffer for when i was struggling with my boundaries just like the pandemic don't come <laughs> to me <Sometimes>. isolation <laughs> Exactly. So when I struggle with my boundaries, I'm happy that the pandemic was around for me to use it and just be like, yeah, I don't need the support of anyone else at this moment. I just need to be me alone and just to be falling apart for as many days as I need to fall apart until I'm ready to deal with the rest of you who have lives that are going on and it's upsetting. <laughs> so in some ways the pandemic has been helpful, but in many ways it has not helpful but it has given me a buffer but mm. in other ways i found that it's been incredibly difficult to be grieving and doing now all the other things that the pandemic has made us do and reevaluate mm. okay okay then i'm glad at least there was some positive in <laughs> in all of that but yeah definitely um for many of us the pandemic has brought a lot of grief even if it's not loss of a person you know it's loss of the dreams you had or you know maybe for some people you've had to stop school or whatever is happening and it can be a lot and i can only imagine now when all of that is going on and you're dealing with that then a loss of a loved one is added onto that yeah it must be really really difficult um what what do you think your grief has taught you about yourself i really don't like that question <laughs> why not um i'm very uh I'm very averse to suffering being a teaching moment mm. and I think grief is a very mm. very good Fair. good example of suffering. Mm. So grief I mean in as far as we, like I am I'm, I'm allowing myself <laughs> to answer the question grief has allowed me to care about myself to 
to know that caring about myself is, is is front and center because it's not giving me a choice like it's not giving me a choice about when we are going to deal with this how we are going to deal with it and so i have to be very um intentional about yeah no i don't have the capacity for this so it's made me very um be- like a much better person with my boundaries a much better person with my energy so it's i guess taking so much from me has made it easier for me to preserve how much i need for myself yeah but that's in that spot i'm going to let suffering be teaching me about myself yeah no no i don't believe in telling people like oh this this is a teaching mo i really don't believe in that if someone is suffering they're suffering and we don't need to come and tell them like yeah learn from this you know you can get something from it no but there are many times some things we go through when things quiet down we're able to look back and be like oh actually in that moment i was able to realize this about myself and yeah. it's like okay that's cool then we leave it be and we move on with life yeah. okay then um has your perspective on relationships changed ever since um the losses that you've had no i mean a lot i had i've been reading about grief and people's personal experiences with griefs have made them feel maybe some sort of urgency or some sort of um you know tell people you love them because yeah. nah, <laughs> you know that's a lot of life kind of short. thing like it's short <laughs> and you know i feel like um I've been very intentional about how I move through my relationships and being honest with people about how I feel about them and making them know the things that I feel when I feel them. Yeah. So I don't think I can say I anything has particularly changed around grief. I think how it has changed how I view my relationships is how much space I allow for us to talk about the things that I thought we talk about. Like there are many people around me who have lost people over the time that we've known each other and I thought we were talking about it until I realized hmm I actually don't know that much about your experience with losing X or your experience with losing Y and maybe you didn't want to talk about it but now I find it very difficult to not to have space in our relationship to talk about about grief and that doesn't mean we can't have a relationship but I find it very um difficult and I'd like to understand a little more about what it means to be going through these big things together but in isolation mm. and so that has changed a lot about how I think about what we talk about our death our existentialism all of the kind of ideas we have around being alive with the people i'm in relationship already so i think that's the main way it's changed okay. my relationships that's interesting and do you ever feel the need to hide your grief or do you feel comfortable enough to express it in the different spaces you occupy um i think in my personal like in my personal life personal relationships i not found it difficult for me to be honest and have the space that i need to talk about my grief i have found though that for some people there's an expectation that you know it's been x number of months so you know get back to it move on with your life i need to see that you know you're doing things and you're yeah. back to xyz and oh i just wanted to ask to meet so that i can see that you can talk i can see that you can come out of the house so i haven't found it like i need to hide my grief but i found it very now i'm very clear about if your expectation of how my grief looks is xyz and you're not willing to hear that this is not going to end i'm going to be a grieving person as part of the all the other persons i am for the rest of my existence i found that that is something that now i'm having conversations about and if i see that we're not you know we're not we're not in together in terms of what you think as a marker of progress or a marker of and i mean why do i need to be progressing through my grief but <laughs> that's a side note but like if you if you consume my grief as if it is something that has an end and a beginning and it's something that x means that i am moved through my grief versus 
Pauline and I agreed that today on October 4th we're going to be coming here and so I have been preparing mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally to come here and that doesn't mean that I am strong that doesn't mean that it is well <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> mean that I mean xyz yeah. so yeah so that's how I've really been thinking about about um how I need to how I get to feel or what what kind of feelings I'm allowed to feel in spaces so I'm not really felt like I need to hide it but I have felt like I need to make it clear about what it is that's going on here. So mm-hmm. I'm not strong, it is not well, it is not xyz, but I prepared for this and that's why I'm able to be here. Yeah. And if the day comes and I'm not prepared for this because of xyz, then I will let you know that I can't do that and it doesn't it's not a mark of anything. It's just yeah. the way today was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think many times this thing people do of trying to rush your progress like oh it's 3 months down the line now we need to see you. Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever. Um I think many times Many of us are uncomfortable with certain emotions within ourselves so we're unable to hold the space for somebody else to to feel this thing. Yeah. So if I'm uncomfortable with grief for example there's no way I'll hold that room for you to grieve or allow you the time for as long as you need to to grieve because within myself I'll already be rushing that process it's like yeah I don't like this I need to you know hurry it along and whatever it is we are uncomfortable with within ourselves it will transfer to other people so mm-hmm. we'll will not make that room yeah. um but you're very clear about your boundaries i i love it i love it <laughs> it's I beautiful think, i think though that um one of my experiences like, with one of the losses of my loved ones um my family <laughs> arose the boundaries <laughs> that i didn't know i could be very clear about <laughs> because i think um i didn't know just how how strange people's ideas of like what I, what my experience should be like what area of my experiences should be like or what mm. kind of things i should be thinking about or like you know the, i i didn't understand like i knew people project but i do you're saying like my experience of my emotions translates to how i let you have those emotions i didn't know the extent to which that can that can happen <laughs> and i didn't know that i have it in me to have such serious boundaries yeah <laughs> even though i mean i had had some boundaries but i don't think i've ever had um to put them like place a boundary and keep on enforcing keep on enforcing how for how long will i be enforcing this boundary so i think that has also really tested my 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 ability to preserve myself because mm. i must say like, no i i don't we don't do that here we, yeah. we, we don't do that yeah. here yeah although um to your question i had found i found that maybe in workplaces and like schools like the whole bereavement leave or the whole idea around how like yeah we'll give her some time and then she'll come back and when she comes back we'll all act as if that big thing didn't happen mm. like you know we'll just be like oh yeah you're well yeah and then that's it. like you don't even want to even hold my gaze you don't want me to possibly not be well you already come with a I hope your time away has fixed you. And yeah. now you're ready to be a yeah. human again and pretend that accident did not okay. happen yeah. and everything is okay and somehow my my life, my daily lived experience won't be impacted by these big things that happen in the same way it's impacted by every other little thing or big thing that happens. So that has been very strange and I think now I'm also thinking a lot about what policies people have in place for bereavement leave and that kind of thing because i've read also about how different places have two days three days or you know one month and i'm not like is there two days exactly <laughs> three days or it's it's um measured by if it's your sister if it's your mother uh, if it's your yeah. and my familial relationships aren't a 
aren't a marker for closeness, proximity of a kind of relationship we have, how impacted I'll be. None of those things usually go through my mind. Like, oh, I lost Pauline and Pauline was third friend removed. And so my feelings are third friend. <laughs> so I need two days. <laughs> exactly. And I find that really ridiculous because yeah. of the kind of policies that many places have. And I just find it like, wow, is this really what we are doing? Yeah. That's just, just as a side note, this is why I think I really like kids more than I like adults. Because <laughs> I think, no, kids really just allow you to be. They're not going to come and tell you like, no, stop crying, whatever. It'll just be like, you're crying. Okay. Wh- why are you crying? Yeah. Okay, fine. Like, Pauline is sad. That's okay. And they'll leave you alone. But adults, I don't know, we we tend to be uncomfortable. with. I don't know what happens between childhood and adulthood, <laughs> but we lose that. And we tend to be uncomfortable with very many things emotions especially we tend to be very very uncomfortable with that so we rush ourselves we rush other people and because of that we and because i think many of us our mindset is more about like making money or Mm. like you know whatever it is we really do not create room for compassion and empathy for what people are going through which is it's very unfortunate because it makes me sad. Anyway, okay. <laughs> How have you been coping? What coping mechanisms have you picked up along the way? Mm. I think um, my coping mechanisms are informed by a lot more than my just my grief. Mm. Out of the other experiences that I was, I've been having around also my grieving and other things that have been happening in this life that insist on continuing to happen. <laughs> so that my coping mechanisms have changed with that as well. Um I do, I have found that I am in much more need of, you know, asking for help, asking for support, asking for, like when you asked me um, if someone can come with me, it's never something I could have ever done. Like mm. for me, it's just like, and <laughs> in fact, I was talking about this with someone and they were telling me, and I was telling them about how those are my things. Me, for example, saying, oh, I just need, I need some time away. I need, those are, I don't need to explain like the actual details because those are my things. I kept on thinking that my suffering or my the things I'm going through are mine to deal with. And so Pauline will only know to the extent that it affects me and Pauline. Mm-hmm. But it's, if it's not directly, like you were saying that um, my emotions and how I process them affects you. That's a little indirect. But for me, it's just like, unless I'm meeting Pauline and I have a nervous <laughs> breakdown, that is the only way that Pauline is affected by my nervous breakdown. So in as far as Pauline is concerned, she doesn't need to do the XYZs or yeah. the, you know, the I's and the T's or what exactly is going on. She just needs to know something is going on and she'll figure it out and then she'll be back. So I think a way that my grief has helped me um, move through um, things better has been, I can say that I am going through XYZ today and it's particularly difficult. And even if I'm not sure what I need, I just would like you to be there in case of anything or because it will make me feel good that you're there. So even if I can't quite say that this has made it feel better or this has made it feel better, particularly asking for help and asking for support and asking for people to show up for me, which is something I don't think I'm good at. I'm a very good self-soother, self-regulator, and that has made it, made it very um dif- made, it, made it very difficult for me even now to just be like, Oh yeah, I would like my friends to come for the funeral. It's just mm. like, why would you like that? What will they do when they're there? <laughs> <laughs> like, what will they do that will make this feel any better? Because surely nothing can make this feel better. Yeah. But realizing that you know, there's something, there's something there in the asking for help, in the needing support, in the having a community that you can speak to about these things, in hearing like now what you're doing with your platform, in hearing other people talk about their grief, and that being like, wow, 
that's something that I needed to hear and I need people more than I have ever I have ever um actually reached out like in my mind I know yeah I need people but the actual activity of doing that has made it has been a lot um more front and center during my grief so my main coping mechanism or like a big coping mechanism has been reaching out and asking for support or help um another way has been I've been doing grief therapy I think I mentioned earlier um I'm not sure how that's <laughs> that's going to go uh, especially because I'm very um I'm very I think you've heard like what I'm speaking so far. I'm very clear about like I there's no formula. I don't yeah, want to yeah. and that's not to say that the stages are a formula, but they're just a general process that has been observed over a couple of people who've gone through XYZ and so this uh, this has been a general experience of things and all of these other ways of experiencing grief. But I found that being able to say yes, this thing happened to me and this is how it made me feel and saying it to this one person who has seen many people um experience this thing has also helped me be able to better articulate that today this is what it, this is what i feel this is where it hurts and this is what triggered it and so when i'm coming to see Pauline and talk about grief i know when i talk about xyz that's when i feel the emotions coming i'll feel it in my hands or i'll feel it in my stomach or i'll feel it in my throat and i know what particular feeling of grief that is and what it's triggered by so i found also my grief therapy has helped me think through my grief better like it has given me language has given me space to mm. see oh these are general things that i can expect these are general things i can think about when i feel this i mean i might be the only one who she's seen who's felt who's felt this but oh that's a thing now and maybe i've helped in some way some other person who will one day <laughs> feel xyz so i found my grief therapy has also been helpful and then things that i did with the people i loved bitter sweet i can't quite say that they've been helpful always sometimes they really hurt and sometimes it's just like wow this is a thing that i can almost say that i can feel your physical presence here while i do this xyz thing and then also other things that i enjoy so generally anything that i enjoy is generally soothing so that could be anything from cooking to painting to writing to reading so yeah so my coping mechanisms are more or less things that soothe me or calm me calm me or things that i enjoy so also those are ways in which i've tried to cope when you're talking about feeling it in your hands or your stomach <laughs> you're really taking me to my therapy sessions where sometimes I'm tempted to oh, yeah do you <laughs> where do you feel the emotion yeah. yeah um but i mean people people need other people and i think many times we can underestimate how much we need other people and i think sometimes it's things that like this that happen that make us realize like oh my god i I actually need, in your mind you could be thinking like yeah I need other people but you're just like uh, okay when the time comes yeah. <laughs> you know they'll be there or whatever but then now you have to take that extra step and be like you know what I really need you in this moment maybe I don't know how yet but I just appreciate it if, if you'll just be there for me to know that you're going to be there but it takes a lot of I think courage for you to do that because it's you um sharing a vulnerability i don't think it's an easy thing to tell someone like i need you please i really need you mm-hmm. yeah it takes it takes a lot um but yeah i'm glad you have those spaces and those people that's really fantastic and also therapy this has been a consistent thing being mentioned by people therapy i think it's really funny because as a therapist if you mention therapy people are like oh 
I, I don't know what I think about that. But if somebody else is like, yeah, I've been doing therapy and actually it's been helping. People are like, oh, really? Okay, maybe I should I should look into it. So mm-hmm. I love it when people mention therapy. It makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So final question. Yeah. What, if anything, brings you peace and hope at the moment? I can't say that I'm very hopeful right now. So okay. I will talk about hope. <laughs> Yeah. Um, about peace I do think that um, one um, finding people who I can talk honestly about the how harrowing grief has been and talk about all of these things and it's not to be the way I was saying like you're tiptoeing around me and you're just waiting for me to explode or whatever kind of thing it is that you expect because I'm a fragile thing that's going through this grand thing or however you experience that I found that it's very comforting to find spaces where I can talk about the, talk about my grief. So, for example, being able to like listen to your to your podcast or like just read the posts on your platform and seeing, oh yeah, African people are talking about this. Young people like me are talking about this mm-hmm. this thing. And wow, like I first, I don't think I would I necessarily always found comfort in oh I'm not alone, but it's. It's nice to just be like, oh yeah, therefore people are talking about this. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, <laughs> it's something I'm always selling. Shiano. He's like, oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not imagining this. This is actually happening. Like, I'm not the one who's going through this. Mm-hmm. And how, um, how affirming it is to see people talking about the thing that you think I can't be the one who's talking about this. I can't just be talking about this in my own personal space. So it's been very um, affirming, and therefore peaceful to some extent to just be like there are spaces that exist there are people who care about this being a non-hidden thing this is not a thing that i should be ashamed of i should be scared about talking about and i'm not so and i'm, I'm not but i'm not going to start the platform so i'm not going to start <laughs> this whole setup <laughs> i'm definitely not going to start all of this but i'm glad that someone else has started it and yeah. wow i can amplify this thing and i can talk about this thing and there are all these experiences that exist so that has been very peaceful um, to find and also I mean all the other pages that I found that I told you are mostly white people of the continent talking mm-hmm. about their experiences with grief has also been like oh okay so people have all these varied experiences there's no it's not just like this one experience that you I'm going to have continuously over the time and for as long as I live my experience might change it might and it's most likely going to change and that's fine because it's just another part of living and everything changes as I continue to live so also just being able to see that there are communities that exist for things like these that has been very um peaceful and then also on a sort of collective level i feel like i'm sort of in on a secret (laughs) and and that's not to say oh my people died so now i'm in on this secret of dead people i mean i just really really morbid but it's say like People have been, have been hiding this really awful thing that's been happening for so long. And I'm just like, maybe they've not been hiding. Maybe I've just not been in the places where people are talking about these things. But now I'm just like, wow. So what else am I not experiencing by not allowing myself to fully experience everything that I'm feeling and to find people who have that kind of varied experience? And so that has been peaceful. Like, oh, yeah. This is not only happening to me. I'm not the first person to, to have this experience. And that means there must be people somewhere who have some sort of shared experience of this thing and have formed some sort of community around this thing. So, hmm, what else am I not experiencing? And do I want to 
I mean, I didn't really opt into having dead loved ones, but are there anything that I can opt into to yeah. experience that kind of of pleasure, that kind of X, Y, Z, whatever you want to insert there? Another peaceful thing has been now. I think I'm I'm getting generally outside the grief. I think I'm getting a lot clearer about this is what I want, this is what I don't want, and I've there are some things I've always known. I want X and I don't want X. And that's that's that. But, you know, sometimes I think when you read stories or you see other people's experience, just like, this is a life-changing thing. And so it means all the things that I thought I believed are changed now. I just like, I have gone through these really jarring things. And while things have changed in many ways, also a lot of things have stayed the same. And so I can trust myself that I know what I want for myself. I can trust myself that I'm able to care for myself. I can trust myself that I know what I need. I know what I want. And that when and I know that all of those things can change. And all I need to do is to be in tune with myself. All I need to do is to be in tune with the people around me who are aware of the things that I care about or the things that I value. So that knowing has become, I guess, deeper, more grounded and rooted. Okay. I think that's a good place to, to end this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with me and with everybody who's listening. Um, like I said, I think just discussing your grief is not the easiest thing to do and I'm I'm so grateful that you agreed to do this with me. So thank you very much.